You're listening to The Marlowe Podcast. Each week, we bring on experts to help you navigate your career. Serendipity, if you like. It's like a meeting of minds, the right time, the right place. My name is Chelsea, and I'm here representing Marlowe. Excited to introduce you to Becky. And Becky just launched Source Code Communications with her partner, Greg, in September. So we are thrilled to get to sit down and to learn more about her business opportunity and how she was able to launch the company, um, as well as the lessons she learned in her career and how she knew it was time to launch a business. So Becky, I'll let you continue and introduce yourself briefly as well. Thank you so much there. It's lovely to be here. Um, hopefully I can share something that's um, of use to your audience, um, particularly if they're kind of going through career challenges themselves. Um, so as you said, uh, Greg and I launched Source Code Communications, which is a tech PR agency. We officially launched on September 7th of this year, but um, we'll talk through there was quite a lot of plotting and planning went into, um, into the launch before the big day. Um, when PR Week officially christened us for the industry. Um, and prior to that, I'd, you know, I'd spent my entire career um, working across Europe and moving to North America about five years ago um, to work across the comms industry here. So very, very pleased to be here with you. Excited to hear about the big launch. Um, but I guess where I would like to start is to figure out what led up to that. So what does it really mean to leave your job, leave your stable career and to start your own business? Yeah, uh, well, I can tell you, I mean, like I say, we're about four months in um, and it is in equal parts terrifying and exhilarating. Like it really, really puts the term roller coaster into perspective. Um, there are days where you're kind of dancing around with joy and there are days where you're waking up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, heavens, what did we do? <laughs> Why did we do this? Um, and pre- prior to, join- to to founding Source Code, I'd actually been with one agency for 12 years, which is almost unheard of when it comes to most sectors, but very much specifically PR. People move around in comms um, and PR. And I had been really lucky. I worked with an agency called Hotwire PR, and, um, and Hotwire is, is incredibly entrepreneurial which gave me a fantastic background um, and fantastic insight into how to operate an agency from a commercial as well as a kind of creative perspective. Um, the other thing that Hotwire gave me was the opportunity to move countries and try a ton of different roles. And that's part of why I stayed with the business for as long as I did. Um, I started off as an account manager um, in London kind of 13 years ago. Um, and I worked across consumer, across various technologies. I led teams. I helped grow the London business before um, being offered the opportunity to come to New York about five years ago and help to set up um, and grow the, the New York office from scratch. Um, and that in itself was kind of an interesting journey because uh, in the UK at that time, Hotwire was one of the top two tech agencies in the country. So we were used to winning tons of awards and people knowing who we were and all of that good stuff. And then we moved to America and no one had any idea who we were. And there was three of us in a WeWork glass case of emotion. So it was a real kind of come down to earth and work out how you make this work in a whole new market. Um, so, so, you know, we did that for a long time. We, we went through a ton of growth 
with um, Hot Wire in North America, and, and the agency continues to do fantastic work. Um, but really, it got to the point where, and, and one of the things I know that, that you're likely to ask, because everyone asks, is how did you make the decision to do it now? Or what, how did you know this was the right time? And, and I think after 12 years, A, you have incredible loyalty to where you are, but, but B, it's, it's quite hard to think of moving anywhere else, never mind starting up by yourself. Um, and I think one of the things that, that helped make the decision for me was finding the right partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew that I wanted to start my own business. I always knew and had ideas way above my station. Um, I, I just didn't quite have the confidence or spell, whatever it is that you call that, how to jump off a, a ledge by yourself. So finding the right partner was absolutely fundamental to kind of making the decision for me. Yeah, definitely. So for those of you just now joining us, um, we're here today with Becky, who launched her own company, Source Code Communications, with her partner, Greg, in September. And what we've learned so far um, is that prior to launching her own business, she was working at a company for 12 years. So when we think about leaving that stable, comfy job, you definitely had that, um, and broke out of a 12-year career to start your own business, which is very adventurous and, you know, admirable. So that's awesome. Terrifying. Um, I, did, I remember <laughs> one of the things over the summer, and I, I can say this now and smile, but at the time it terrified me, um, was Facebook knew what I was up to before anyone else knew, and I'm sure of it. So for huh. about a month, I had an article that kept coming up in my newsfeed on Facebook, which mm-hmm. was entitled, it was it was a Festco article, and I still have not read it, um, but it was an article entitled Why I Quit My High-Paying Job and Went By Myself. Wait, so it wasn't an ad? It was just coming up? It just kept coming up in my newsfeed, and it felt like it was haunting me because I kind of knew that this was what we were thinking about doing, and it was really playing on my mind. And it just seemed like every time I looked at Facebook, there it was kind of shining at me, making me consider so you and Greg were already discussing starting your own company at this time. Yeah, so we, uh, Greg and I had kind of discussed it on and off a little bit as a kind of pie in the sky, or maybe we should do this. Um, and then I would say springtime, we started to talk about it quite seriously. And, and actually, we were in, in a bar in San Francisco, a fairly dingy, it was inauspicious beginnings. Where all uh, good startups begin. <laughs> particularly in the tech world, right? So at least we're on message. Uh, and uh, and we, we kind of just made the decision that we were really going to do it. Um, and from that point, we, we, from the point where we really made the decision and we kind of said, yes, let's do this, let's do this together, that from that point, there was no turning back. Um, it consumed everything. We were working on evenings because we were still working with our day jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked evenings to think about websites, to think about vision, to think about what we wanted to do differently to other people in the agency mm-hmm. world. And um, um, kind of early mornings, taking calls, walking to work, taking calls and plotting and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really exciting time. And I, I would say one of the things for anyone who's thinking about doing it, it doesn't feel real. And, and don't worry, because it, it won't feel real until you actually kind of walk out the door of your day job. That's so interesting. 
Um, so we're talking about joining or starting your own business. So if you have any questions, please add questions in the comments section and like and share with any of your entrepreneur friends who are interested in learning more about this. Um, so we know that it's scary. It's like a roller coaster. It doesn't feel real. What were some of the biggest differences that you noticed right away? Yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting. Um, I would say one of the biggest things for us was that having been at a big global agency and had access to lots of incredible resources and technology and pots of kind of insight and analysis around the world, all of a sudden we were forced to be a, a bit more MacGyver about things. I think MacGyver is the right term. I think oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's good. So it was a, it was a little bit more MacGyver. So um, rather than the big budgets and the big creative campaigns, how can we solve problems for our clients um, in a more cost-effective but still meaningful way? And it's, um, it's challenging, but it's really exciting, right? Like if you can do something in that MacGyver fashion and you can get the results that you need, you feel, it gives you a huge sense of achievement. Yeah. Um, I would say the other thing is, and, and I'm saying this as someone who's always been, I, I kind of always talk about myself as being a homework kid. I was always the kid that did my homework and probably read the chapter in front as well. I was just that kid. And I've always been that person. And I always thought I was massively committed to my job and my career and that I worked incredibly hard. Um, what is enormously different is that that commitment, like you don't even know what commitment is <laughs> until it's your baby and it's your revenue line and it's your P&L. And all of a sudden, I mean, the good thing is that it, it doesn't feel like work anymore. You know, I quite happily, and this is going to sound tragic, <laughs> but I quite happily now go home after work and will open my laptop and, and do some other bits and pieces at home. And it, it doesn't feel like a hardship and you don't feel resentful about it because it's yours. That's um, yeah, I'd say that's the hugest thing. Like you get the incredible sense of satisfaction from it. That's awesome. So a renewed sense of ownership. Yeah. And I also love being in the startup world myself now for five or so more years. Um, we always say scrappy. So I like MacGyver. It's a new, a new version of that. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, actually, um, one of the things I was going to tell you about, well, one of the, the incredible things that happened this week was that um, the New York Observer actually named us one of the um, top tech agencies in New York. Whoa! Which is amazing, four months in, and um, that was one of those you dance in the street moments. Yeah. Um, um, I, and they described us as smart and scrappy and ready to make waves for scale-ups and not just startups. That's and awesome. I kind of love that. It, it is. It's that scrappy, we want it a little bit more mentality that drives you. Yeah, that's so great. Well, congratulations. And you officially got your MacGyver theory into the papers. <laughs> that's a big step. Um, so it might be this story, but maybe it's something else. What happened that you really didn't expect in your first four months? Uh, a ton of things have happened. <laughs> um, but actually, all of them good. Um, so, so when Greg and I sat down, we, we spent a lot of time um, looking at kind of revenue planning. Where did we want to be three months in? Where did we want to be six months in? What kind of clients did we want to work for? 
Um, and we built a plan that felt like it stretched us. We had goals and KPIs that felt like they were going to stretch us, but equally didn't feel like complete lunacy. Um, and so we kind of built this plan out and within about two months, we surpassed quite a few of the KPIs. And within three months, we had to hire our first full-time employee. Um, and then this week is not just the New York Observer, but actually we got shortlisted for three awards by the Homes Report um, after really only being in business for, for four months. So the things that have surprised me most, I guess, have been hitting milestones that we thought would happen six to nine months out a little bit earlier. Um, the thing that's delighted me most, um, and, and it's one of those things that I will be eternally grateful for, is that, and this is probably New York and San Francisco, but it's certainly not so prevalent in the UK, mm -hmm. um, is people really want you to succeed. Like the community around you, whether it's tech or whether it's comms, I'm not sure, but the community has been so incredibly supportful of uh, our dreams and aspirations. And so many people have said, how can I help? Can I introduce you to X? Can I do this? Can I do... Um, and every single little bit has made a difference. Um, it, it's all helped put us in the right direction or to kind of nudge us along the route. So I think that is the thing probably I've been most delighted and surprised by, that yeah. all of these friends that really are friends come out and help support you. That's so amazing. And congratulations. So much success to, to get to celebrate. That's awesome. Um, so is there anything that you miss from your previous role or company? Um, I enormously miss the people. So, I mean, after 12 years, and, and for anyone who's been in one role or in one company for a little while, you know, if the company is doing it right, you love the people you work with and you get on well and they feel like family. So that was a huge part of it. Um, what I think I would have missed had I not had Greg, who is not here, but is wonderful in very different ways to me. Um, what I would have missed without him, I think, is that camaraderie, the sharing of responsibility, the sharing of goals, dreams, concerns, um, and aspirations. I think for anyone who is doing this by themselves, you are tremendously brave. Um, and I would say make sure that you have a, a really strong emotional, professional, financial network around you. Because I, I think the partnership for me personally has been absolutely fundamental to this. Well, thank you. So Barney, I see a bunch of people just joined. Um, we're talking with Becky, who just launched Source Code Communications in September with her partner, Greg, and they have already surpassed all of their KPIs. They thought they were going to hit in six and nine months. They're being nominated for awards and already getting notable press. So a lot of good success. And what she's told us so far is that starting her own company is a renewed sense of ownership. There's this MacGyver scrappy nature to it. Um, apparently tons of surprises, but so far really good surprises, which is awesome and, and a very supportive community. So, you know, I think that's a good definition of what you could expect in terms of the differences and some things in the first few months. But Let's go back to that conversation in the bar in San Francisco. How did you and Greg know it was time? Um, you know what? I, I'm not sure that I think anyone who tells you they definitely know it's time is probably 
embroidering the truth a little bit. Um, we knew we knew that we wanted to do something slightly different. And I guess we were very fortunate because it's not that we were frustrated or, um, or unhappy where we were. We were very happy. It's just that we both had this passion. And I think it was, it was precisely the kind of meeting of minds, serendipity, if you like. It's like the meeting of minds, the right time, the right place. Um, that means that you can kind of, you have someone that you feel brave enough to do it with. And, um, and Greg is the perfect, we're the perfect foil for each other. Mm -hmm. uh, where I can overthink and be slightly overanalytical before making a decision, Greg is very much the kind of braver of us and will kind of push us off the ledge when we need to be pushed off the ledge and I'll kind of hold him back. Um, and we knew after working with each other for about a year, we knew each other's best and, and less good points. Um, and we knew that we could do some amazing things together. So, so I think that's probably what pushed us to make the decision when we did. That's awesome. So if you're considering your own transition, then I guess advice from you would likely be finding a partner who you know can push you forward and complement your blind spots, I think, which takes a lot of soul searching, right? To really decide who is it that I need to compliment me and help me move forward. Did you know once you met him or, or how did you start to figure out what it was you needed to make the business whole? Uh, I, I wouldn't say we did, actually. Uh, I wouldn't. It's not that we didn't like each other when we first met. <laughs> but I think we um, were very different. You know, he is, um, he's from Miami. Uh, he's very sporty and athletic. He's your all-American, kind of incredibly witty, charming and I would say I'm probably, you know, the, the, the British slightly circumspect, raise one eyebrow kind of, it wasn't quite oil and water, but it took us a little, a little time to kind of get to know each other and work out um, how we both work. And then I, I guess kind of most of it is kind of learning to trust each other. Yep. And that's a huge part, I think, of any partnership is that you are going to have to bear, as you say, your soul. Your financials, your relationships, like everything comes into it. So you really have to trust each other to, to kind of have a shared vision of, of what you're getting into. Um, and one of the things we spent a ton of time on was actually talking about what we wanted to stand for. I mean, there was, we spent an entire morning, I remember, with post-it notes in every different color writing down everything we had as a moral value, as a professional value, and kind of sorting through them all until we kind of came up with something that we felt really encapsulated what we wanted to stand for professionally. Can you share with us what that is? Uh, yeah, and a lot of it came through, a lot of it actually comes through in our messaging. Um, you would never guess. So the, the name Source Code um, actually comes from thinking about this kind of this human but technology DNA like how do you how do you fuse the tech and the human and the empathic together and that was that was really kind of what came into it like when it comes to how we work with our clients you know you don't just want to be a service provider we don't just want to be someone they call when x needs to get done we, we all do our best work when, we, when we're kind of in the trenches together, we're solving problems together, and we work like real people with each other. So 
that was a huge part of, of what ended up being part of the agency. Um, and again, you know, a lot of agencies these days and a lot of marketing functions are now automated. You know, you know I know, you have, you have email marketing, you have direct mail, you have all of these different great, fantastic tools. Um, and actually what really changes people's minds is having a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. So it was really all of these very human qualities combined with our passion for tech kind of was what really kind of formed the foundation of the entire business and the philosophy that runs it. That's awesome. So besides spending a lot of time making sure you're finding the right partner and that you two would you know, build a relationship founded in trust and then also coming up with what you would stand for as a company, what else did you do to prepare before you took the leap? A million things. So what I would say, um, we were inspired by a ton of other entrepreneurs that we'd worked with over the years. Um, One of which is actually Barbara Bates, who is the the CEO of of Hotwire. And she founded her own agency working in tech in Silicon Valley um, years and years ago. And one of the things we talked to her about actually was how difficult it must have been setting up a business Mm-hmm. Kind of 10 or 15, 20 years ago, because there are so many, there were so many operational elements that you had to do. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the amazing things, and, and for any would-be entrepreneur out there, what I would say is look at the PEIs, look at JustWorks, look at QuickBooks, look at all of these incredible cloud-based tools, because they you can outsource so many of the infrastructure or operational challenges, very honestly, they are challenges. You can outsource them all and work with service providers who can make sure that your tax is correct, make sure that your employee's tax is correct, ensure that you have access to fantastic health benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because we're a startup, we didn't want to not have competitive benefits for our employees. We want people who are really happy because they do amazing work. Um, And we see that as part of our role in all of this. Um, So that was one of the things we spent a lot of time looking at the various options. Um, We did end up going with JustWorks. And I have to say, they've been fantastic so far. Um, They're really good at keeping you abreast of all of the kind of healthcare or the benefit or the employee regulation. uh, and and we, we do almost all of our revenue, profit and loss um, through JustWorks um, and all of our billing as well. And I can't actually imagine how people did that before, um, before all of these providers were around. So Definitely. we spent a lot of time doing that. We spent a lot of time mapping out our financials, our, our revenue projections. What did we need to do to break even? Um, and, and how early did we think we could break even? And what kind of profit margin were we looking for? And what kind of clients did we want to work with? And I think we probably spent longer than you need to thinking about all of those, which I think speaks to the kind of people we are. Oh, but, but The homework kids. <laughs> the homework kids. But, um, but what it means is that we've avoided a lot of potentially difficult conversations since we've been up and running. And actually, once you're up and running, there isn't as much time to have those conversations. So again, what I would advise people, if you are thinking about doing this, ask yourself all of those difficult questions beforehand. What kind of employer do you want to be? Because fundamentally, you will become one. 
whether it's just your own personal dream now or not, you will become an employer at one point. You know, how much money do you want to make? Is that your aim? Is that your objective? What do you want to stand for in the way that you operate with clients and suppliers and partners? Um, and getting that DNA sorted before you're up and running saves you a hell of a lot of time um, once, once you've launched and you're out there. Yep. Um, and then on a personal perspective, look at your own finances. Be really, really frank with yourself because going back to that article that haunted me, and I, for people who've just joined, I was talking about a Flasco article that said was entitled Why I Quit My High-Paying Job to Go It Alone, which haunted me before we made the decision. On Facebook. Facebook, On Facebook, her Facebook haunted me. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different kind of article, isn't it? Facebook haunted me. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but be really frank with yourself because you may not, you know, if you are going from a very comfortable position to a startup, it may be a while before you get anywhere close to that salary that you're you're leaving behind. And the last thing you want to be worrying about when you're trying to recruit and trying to service clients or trying to create a product, the last thing you really want to be worrying about is whether you can pay your rent next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's super helpful. So have the tough conversations before you take the leap. So you've had the conversations, you're at the bar in San Francisco with Greg, you've decided to do this. Yep. What are the first steps that you both took? Well, the first thing we did uh, against every attorney's advice. My favorite kind of way to do it. (laughs) uh, Was we told the company we worked with what we were doing. Um, and, and we did that because we had, we had very good relationships with the company we worked with. We respected them, we still respect them to, the, to this day greatly. Um, and we didn't want to disappear and then, then turn up with an agency three months later. You know, it, it just, it didn't feel like the right way to do things. So, and we really did want to be very transparent um, that was actually one of the post-it notes of our values, transparency. Um, we wanted to be really transparent. So we told them we, we were very clear that we would work with our current employers to, to um, help the transformation, to make sure that everything went as smoothly as possible, to find people to replace us, uh, really to do everything we could to make sure that it was completely seamless. Um, and, and as a result of that, you know, we, we also have a really good relationship. So that was time well spent. And while I'm not usually the kind of person to say, don't listen to an attorney, I think this is one of those examples where maybe don't listen to an attorney. So Uh, you self-described yourself as a homework kid for anyone who missed it, meaning the kid who always does their homework. So the kid who always does their homework broke, broke advice from a lawyer. I love it. I did. (laughs) I got rebellious. (laughs) But, but there you go. You know, we talked earlier about our our, um, business's values being the very human empathic. And I had very human trust in the team that I've worked with that that it would go right. That's great. Uh, The one ad I would say for anyone watching, if you're not sure you have that trust with your company, being someone who's worked in HR for years, read your (laughs) offer letter, read your inventions assignments agreement, read anything you've signed associating yourself with that company and you can figure it out sort of, you know, what, what could happen? What is the worst case scenario? And when is the right time to tell them? So even if you're not ready to consult a lawyer, you have those resources available to you. But I, I do like the idea of, you know, 
uh, continuing whatever value that you say you're going to hold true in your new venture in your personal interactions as you depart. So I think that was wonderful. Um, so tell me a bit more about the first steps with the business. So for anyone watching who wants to start their own company, Becky with her partner, Greg started her own company, um, in September. And so I'd love to know what are the business steps you took in terms of incorporating, acquiring your first company, uh, customers, getting funding, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, we, took a lot of advice. We eventually um, decided because we're a partnership that an LLC was the way forward. Um, there are a couple of different options. And what I would say is look into each, do talk to um, someone who is qualified, whether it's uh, an attorney or a tax advisor, have a look at what's going to be the best possible solution for you because there are multiple options. And depending on who you are and whether you're partnering, you know, there might be an option that's particularly good for you. So, um, so that was step one. Um, then then uh, we did a lot of the revenue planning. We outsourced a lot of our operations. So we talked a little bit about some of the tools like, um, like JustWorks and, and like QuickBooks. I feel like I'm an advert for them, but like a commercial <laughs> for them. But they actually be wearing their shirt life. or something. I know, I know. Like a sticker. About it. Um, hey, they've saved your professional life, you know? When you have a company that helps you out, that's, that's good branding. They've certainly reduced the number of gray hairs down the side there. So that's good. <laughs> um, uh, and then one of the other things that we did, um, which I think probably people tend to overlook, but coming from a comms background, one of the things that we did do was we put a lot of time and thought into our launch strategy. Mm -hmm. um, so we looked at all of the PR industry and all of the communications and marketing industry trades. We had relationships with some of them, luckily, through our careers. Um, uh, and we made sure that we briefed them in advance. So even though Greg and I had been working pretty dedicatedly throughout August, mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you look us up online, according to PR Week, which is the industry Bible in some ways, um, we were... We, came into being on September 7th. Um, and, and by actually writing a press release, by actually following our own advice um, and creating a proper launch strategy, it meant that we did have a wave of coverage on the day of launch. Um, we also did a lot of social amplification. So LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, all of that good stuff. We made sure that everything was synced up. So there was this kind of on launch day, a wave of coverage and chatter and interest. Um, another thing that we did was, we, you know, we talked to a lot of people in the industry um, that we had relationships with. And we, we asked them if they would share some of our content to amplify it even further through their network. So we did a lot of... We did a lot of media and social media support that probably a lot of people overlook when they're just starting their own business. And, and I would say, don't overlook it because it brought us, not only did it give us credibility and help our SEO and all of that good stuff, but it brought in a few leads mm -hmm. um, from a new business perspective. Um, so that was incredibly helpful. Um, I, you know, in PR particularly, reputation is, is a huge thing. Um, so then what we did was we also had an, um, an email campaign a ton of email campaigns, actually. But the, the first one on launch day, um, to everyone, really, that we'd ever worked with or ever had a connection to, 
telling them what we were, what we stood for, what we were trying to do, why we were doing it. And, um, and you would be amazed. And this goes back to the thing I was most surprised by. You would be amazed by how many people came back and said, how can I help? Oh, I must introduce you to X. Oh, I must do. Um, and from that launch activity, we actually got kind of two or three of our very first clients and introductions, which really helped kind of get the ball rolling. So I would say for anyone, even if you think no one will be interested, and believe me, the night before we, we launched on September 6th, I can guarantee that both Greg and I were firmly convinced that no one would care that we were launching an agency. Um, and we were absolutely delighted with the results of doing it. So it's worth investing some time in your own common strategy, whatever industry you're in. That's awesome. And this is straight from the PR specialist. So <laughs> that's great. Not just anecdotal. Um, so, you know, my favorite question, and we talked about this on the phone prior to this, that I love to ask anyone starting a company, but when did you feel like we're going to make it? Like, oh my goodness, this is going to work. <laughs> You know, we're only, we're only four months in. <laughs> so, um, uh, when did I feel like we're going to make it? I, I, I don't know. I think I told you this. I think I shared this anecdote with you, but I'm, I'm going to share it because it's, it's the only way I know to answer this. Um, when Greg and I were first thinking about starting a business, we talked to a very nice uh, and very wise gentleman in San Francisco who'd set up his own business about 18 months earlier. Uh, and I said to him, when do you stop worrying? At what point do you stop worrying that it's all going to fall through? And this guy deadpanned me, literally, and said, mm, it's a bit like breaking a leg. It heals, but the pain never really goes away. Um, so four months in, I'm not in a position, I don't think, to answer the question, when did we, when did we think we're going to make it? Um, I would say that we have been, you know, this week is a particularly good week to have this conversation. You know, we, we made that New York Observer list, which was amazing. We got shortlisted for three awards, one of which actually was our own agency launch. So again, put time and effort into your own launch. Um, so this week, it feels, it feels very positive. Um, and we do feel... We feel like we're growing very quickly. We're hitting our KPIs. When we ask other people in the industry, or when we tell other people in the industry where we are, the feedback is always that we're doing incredibly well. And I don't think they're always lying. Um, but for Greg and I, I don't think it's ever going to be good enough either. I think, again, it goes back to us being that those the homework kids. We want to do incredibly well. We're very passionate about it. and we're always going to be thinking about what we could be doing better. Yeah. I love that. So it's still, it's still a roller coaster, even though you have positive indicators. Yes. That's awesome. So that's, that's sort of the fun way to ask the question. I guess the more business style of the question is, did you lay out key indicators for when you would consider yourself successful at certain milestones? And do you also have an idea of when it would be time to turn it in? Like, what are, what's the marker for like, okay, we're doing well, and what's the marker for maybe we're not doing so well? Yeah, um, we did. And, and like I say, we came from a very entrepreneurial and commercial um, business previously, which was fantastic because it taught us a lot of skills that I think, you know, generally you don't necessarily get exposed to. Um, so we did, we had very clear profitability margins, 
We have very clear utilization margins for our team. We have very clear KPIs from a revenue perspective. Um, and we also have the standards of what we want to deliver. You know, one of the things that we worked with our, um, our growing team on was, was kind of building a manifesto of how do we want to work with people? What do we want people to say about us? So there are the commercial, the harder targets, the KPIs, the profitability, the money at the end of the day, and the growth. Mm -hmm. um, there are some aspirational KPIs. You know, we would we would like to grow very quickly, and and you know, who's to say we might not acquire someone at some point? That would be amazing. Oh wow! Um, but probably four months in, it's a little a little early. Um, but we have those kind of aspirational KPIs, and and like I say, then we have the softer KPIs. What do we want people to say about us? Mm -hmm. What kind of awards do we want to win? What kind of creativity do we want to show? That's awesome. I think that's the one that people forget most, in my opinion. You know, it's, it's easy to come up with the financial KPIs, but the product you're trying to deliver and what that means to you or the service and, and the standard you want that service to be received at, that's, that's amazing that you also have that included. And probably why you're already winning awards, which is exciting. Not winning. Oh, Short being nominated. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to go too far. You'll hear um, screams if we win. Yes. Okay. Perfect. I'll know. <laughs> so if anyone's joining us, if you want to ask any questions, just go ahead and put them in the comments section. So Becky with her partner, Greg, just started a company four months ago and they're already running into some pretty impressive success. So I would love to know, um, Becky, what are three of the biggest lessons you've learned so far? Uh, three of the biggest lessons. Um, well, the first one, after saying, talking about being a homework kid, um, this is going to sound fairly obvious, but do your homework. Like, make sure you know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have the emotional and the financial support, whether that's a partner, whether it's a community, whether it's a mentor, whether it's your other half. Mm -hmm. Like, make sure you have that support. Um, and, and, you know, you and I talked earlier, um, but for the people who are just joining, look at your own finances and be tough on yourself. The last thing you want to do is to be worrying about your grocery shopping or your rent payments or your mortgage payments. Make sure that what you're worrying about is how to positively impact your bottom line, you know, whether you dare go to the bank. Yeah. Um, and then I would say outsource things, outsource the time consuming operational functions. If just because it's your business doesn't mean you have to do everything. Um, usually people get into, into a business or start a business because they have a passion. So the best possible thing you can do is use your time on that passion. And when you can outsource administration or outsource HR functions or outsource payments, do that. Look at the options around you so that you're not kind of spending half your day looking at spreadsheets, which, let's be honest, is not likely why you, you started your own business. Yeah. Um, and then I would say, you know, consider a partner. Uh, even on the days where um, Greg and I drive each other completely mad, um, and, and there are days, whoever you work with, there are days where you, you drive each other completely mad. Like, it's the value of having someone to share your concerns with or to bounce ideas off or to just you know second question get a second pair of eyes on things it's completely invaluable 
Um, yeah. And whether that partner is a commercial partner or, or a best mate that you've known your entire life, you know, it, it's, it's worth looking out to find out who that person is. Yeah, that's great. So for anyone out there thinking about starting their own company, um, advice from someone who's recently did it is to do your homework, check out your financial situation, um, outsource as much as you can and get a good partner. So I think that's great. Um, so I'm dying to know, is there anything you wish you knew before you started? Is there anything I wish I'd known? Um, do you know what? I'm going to say no. Ooh. I think we knew enough to be dangerous. We know enough to be dangerous. And half of the adventure of this is how much we're learning every single day. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm kind of glad that there's a bit of it that's, that's unseen. If you push me, I'd love to go 20 years into the future and see whether we were a success or not. But even that would ruin the journey today. So, Oh, that's not fair. Time travel is, is not an option. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's great. So we just got a question from someone watching. How do you define your KPIs? Yeah, so for us, I mean, we're a, we're a service agency. Um, so for us, um, it really comes down to profitability, which comes into... Um, you know, kind of cost per head. It comes into the utilization of the teams. Um, you can usually, I mean, the PR industry has its own set of standards, but depending on what industry you're in, you either know them from the role you're in or you could look them up. Um, most industries have kind of parameters on profitability and utilization um, and, and kind of cost and profit per head as well which allows you to make sensible decisions about when you need to hire, if you need to hire, um, and what the breaking point is where you can still offer fantastic service but make um, a really good amount of money. Um, so the, the KPIs for us are all really around utilization, profitability, and spend. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, so I have another question trying to see here. Um, I think it's about college. Um, so any sort of university or formal training that you think was particularly useful? Sorry, it's a bit hard for me to understand. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I come from an education system that's very different to most people um, here probably. Um, and I didn't do any vocational um, study at all. I'm a bit hopeless that way. I actually studied French and Italian languages. Um, which I only rarely get to do now, to use now. Um, so I didn't, I didn't do any professional training. I know that there is a ton out there. Um, and things like, again, I can give you a very clear advice with PR. If you go to places like the PR SA um, or the um, PR Council, they both have really good resources for um, further education, for vocational education. The other thing that I've always found really interesting is um, if there's, a, um, there's a company called General Assembly mm -hmm. um, and what they offer is a ton of social, digital, advertising and marketing training and a lot of it is really practical. So you might do like a five minute video and then ask question, answer questions afterwards. So you get to try things out as you go and I think particularly in technology and digital media these days, like. Everyone is to a certain extent trying things out as they go and things are changing and evolving all the time. So, um, so indulging in something like that works really well. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've had, or I've heard people having great success from learning those skills on the side if, if they didn't have them. So another question, you, you know, starting your own company and being an employer, which is something we've been talking about, you know, what employer brand do you want to build? What are you looking for when you're hiring people, especially so early on? Are there any special requirements they need? I think someone asked for your degree or what? Uh Honestly, um, and I'm probably going to buck the trend slightly here. I don't know whether the, the specific degree is as important as the attitude and the aptitude. Like, um, what we're looking for are people who are not just going to do something one way because that's the way we've always done it. Like, I would rather have a team that tries new things um, and and you know, trips over now and again, but tries new things and learns a million things along the way. Um, so, so hiring not, a bunch of MacGyvers? <laughs> a little. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, smart, informed people, people who are willing to go out and, and, um, and network and talk to people and learn all the time. I think that enthusiasm and passion for learning and trying new things is really important to us. Um, loving tech really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what, like really honestly, um, a kind of lack of ego, not that I hate ego or, or I dislike ego necessarily, but I think when you're working on a team, you know, you have to, you have to all be in it together. Um, and whether you're the CEO, the founder, or, an, you know, a recent graduate who's in their sixth week, for me, everyone has a very important perspective. Um, but everyone's perspective is quite important. So I think that a lack of ego and an attitude for learning and a passion for trying new things are probably the three most important things. Yeah, definitely. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Um, so as a final takeaway for everyone listening, what is the main thing you want them to leave with? What do you want them to remember after our video? If you are, if you're really thinking about starting a business and you're really passionate about something and it keeps cropping up in the back of your mind, do it. Do it, but do it with parameters. Again, do your homework. Make sure you're in a financial position to do it. What, really work out what you want to stand for, why you're going to be different to other people in the market um, and what you want to achieve, what your end goal is. And if you can really articulate each of those things well go and do it the worst thing that's going to happen is it doesn't work and you go and find another job but mm-hmm. if you go and do, find another job with the experience of starting your own business under your belt you'll be so much more valuable anyway so it's a win-win really um yeah i'd say do it that's awesome that's again in six months but do it. <laughs> For now, do it. No, I love it. That's great. It's so wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing so many details about your story. Um, Hopefully it's been helpful to anyone listening who is also getting plagued with Facebook ads regarding starting your own business. Um, How could people continue to follow your story or stay in touch? Or do you have, I think you have a blog maybe? We do. We have a blog. Um, We have a website, sourcecodecoms.com. Um, I, um, I think I'm Becky Honeyman now. I switch between Rebecca and Becky, depending on, but I think I'm Becky Honeyman, um, on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Definitely bother me. I love being bothered and I love people asking questions. So, um, really, you know, 
follow us as a team, but certainly come to me if you've got any questions. And and um, we're really growing very quickly. So my parting message, which is a shameless plug, is um, if you're looking for a career in PR, and that's partly why you're on the, uh, you know, you're watching this, drop me a line. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I've really appreciated your time. And I know that we'll be able to, you know, get a lot of good experience from this and the video will stay up. So anyone who wants to can watch it. Um, as a reminder, I'm here with Marlo and we offer executive style coaching for companies uh, and individuals. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To learn more, check out getmarlo.com slash podcast.